Amen to that. Thank you for sharing your wonderful gifts. Our scripture lesson today comes from the Inclusive Bible, the book of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. After Jesus' birth, which happened in Bethlehem of Judea, during the reign of Herod, astrologers from the east arrived in Jerusalem and asked, Where is the newborn ruler of the Jews? We observed his star at its rising and have come to pay homage. At this news, Herod became greatly disturbed, as did all of Jerusalem. Summoning all the chief priests and religious scholars of the people, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they informed him, Here's what the prophet has written. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah, since from you will come a ruler who is, the, who is to shepherd my people Israel. Herod called the astrologers aside and found out that from them the exact time of the star's appearance. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, after having instructed them, go and get detailed information about the child. When you have found him, report back to me, so that I may go and offer homage to After their audience with the ruler, they set out. The star which they had observed at its rising went ahead of them until it came to standstill over the place where the child lay. They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and upon entering the house, found the child with Mary, his mother. They prostrated themselves and paid homage. Then they opened their coffers and presented the child with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They were warned in a dream not to return to Herod, so they went back to their own country by another route. We don't use our posture to demonstrate much anymore. We can talk and express ourselves, most of us. Um, We can uh, write, we can communicate in other ways. We don't have to do things like kneel, um, unless we live in Great Britain and get a knighthood or something. uh, There's really no reason for us to kneel anymore. Um, And and I, thinking about my experiences with kneeling, the, the only thing that really comes to mind is when I was in high school and playing sports, And if we were outside, sometimes the coach would say, take a knee. And I loved that. I loved that because it meant we were going to not work for a little bit. Um, We might be in the middle of conditioning. We might be uh, just exhausted. And the coach would say, take a knee. And we'd go, thank God. Thank God I can take a knee. These days, I find it a little more difficult to do that. We have a little puppy at home. I can't call him a puppy anymore. He's six, but he's little, so he fits. And, and he likes to play and get rambunctious, but I can't, I, I, you know, it's hard to bend over and do that, and it's hard for me to get on my hands and knees and do that, and even harder to get up again when I do that. And every once in a while, one of my knees will bark at me as the dog is barking at me. And I just don't like being in that position. But kneeling, kneeling was important in generations past. Kneeling was how you demonstrated that you were submissive. And not in a bad way. Not, not in a mousy kind of, you know, I can't stand up for myself kind of way. But in a way that said, I'm not in charge. Mm-hmm. I'm not in charge. Uh, I yield my ability to change the world, to change my environment, to change the situation to someone else. 
And I don't think that's a bad thing. To be able to say, you do this. You do this. I yield my strength and my, um, my will to someone else. So we, we have this story of these magi who come to Bethlehem. They don't know for sure where they're going. They just know that this star means something important and they're following it. And they understand it to be a portent, uh, a sign that there's a new king, a new king. And if you live in a country that has kings, you know that that doesn't happen very often. England has had the same queen for a very long time. And that transition didn't always go smoothly. It meant there would be maybe a little turmoil. There might be more than one person who thought that they were entitled to sit on that throne. And, and so the visit of these magi coming to find the new king causes some turmoil in Jerusalem. Because Herod has a very tenuous claim to the, the rule of that part of the world. He's not legitimate in the eyes of many. He's not a descendant of David. He's been appointed by Rome. Um, he's essentially bought his way into that position and is not really interested in maintaining the integrity of the people's faith in that part of the world. So it's understandable that he gets a little concerned about this new king that's being born. And so part of Matthew's telling of this story is this contrast, this contrast between a king who has a a sort of a false claim to the throne and a king who has these signs and portents and prophetic uh, claims. And so these magi come. And they are, they're hard to peg for us. You'll find multiple words used for these people from the East. They were well-educated. They, uh, they knew their way around astrology. They knew their way around chemistry. They knew their way around what we would call science, but back in those days was more magic than science. They had wealth. They had influence. They could travel uh, great distances and give extravagant gifts, at least by our reckoning. And so these magi yield to this child in the manger. Some translations say they knelt before the Christ child and offered their gifts. This translation says that they prostrated themselves. I don't like that word because it's too easy to get wrong. It was an expression of humility. A recognition that for all of their wealth, for all of their education, for all the things they could do at that moment, in that point in time, in that place, what they did was simply yield to what was happening around them. To something greater than them. Recognizing that the gifts they brought paled in comparison to what they saw in front of them. 
Humility is something that we don't talk much about in the life of the church these days because it can be a sort of a mousy, I'm not going to do anything, whatever happens, happens kind of attitude. And I don't think that's what God calls us to. Um, It can be something that allows injustice to go unchallenged, something that makes us less effective than we might be as God's children in the world, people of faith and people with gifts. So so I just want to think a little bit today with you about what humility means for us as God's people today in this time and place where we're not likely to have to kneel to be knighted. (laughs) We're not likely to have to kneel for some kind of protocol. We're not likely to have to kneel um, to submit. But maybe, maybe in a spiritual sense, we can yield our control. Like the serenity prayer. To know when there's something we cannot change. And have the wisdom to live with that. So, here's here's my take on, on the kneeling of the Magi in the presence of the Christ child. In the first sense, it is a way of saying who is really in charge. It is recognizing that God has precedence over their own desires, their own, their own wants, their own understandings of how the world should be. I imagine them coming into Jerusalem expecting that they will find this newborn king in a place that is fitting for a newborn king, some kind of palace or some kind of really grand hall or building instead of a manger. Think how much they must have had to adjust their thinking as they kept following this star and saying to themselves, really, in this neighborhood we're going to find the king? In this place, in this building, among these animals and all the things that go along with animals? And to say, okay, if that's the way God's doing it, maybe we just go with the flow. And how many times in our own spiritual lives do we find ourselves up against something and and say to God, really, that's what you're going to do? That's how you're going to bring this about? And we resist that. Because we think we we would do it different, right? If we were God? (laughs) If we find ourselves saying, well, if I was God, this is how I would do it. Maybe, Maybe we're off track a little bit and it's time to take a knee. The second thing about this is to recognize that our best efforts, our most, our most informed decisions can sometimes go horribly wrong. And we really can't do much about it. We don't have the crystal ball. We can't foresee every outcome, every consequence. I sometimes wonder, as the Magi were returning back to their own country, if they ever heard about what happened in Bethlehem after they left. 
Remember that part of the story? Herod's really mad because they didn't come back to him and tell him where to find Jesus. If they had, he could have just dispatched this little baby and everything would have ended and history would have been a lot different. But the news does get back to Herod and he's furious. And so he goes and sends the soldiers and the soldiers do their thing and lots of children die. And I sometimes wonder if the Magi ever second-guessed themselves and said, you know, maybe we should have gone back and told Herod about this. But they didn't have the crystal ball. They didn't know what was going to happen. And that's true of us. And we sometimes beat ourselves up because we didn't foresee something or we didn't understand something or we didn't, we didn't expect that something would happen. This happens all the time. Same little dog I was talking about earlier. It took him for a walk over Christmas and we were up in Michigan visiting my father-in-law and he went down this street and there was a, there was a, a tall tree-ish thing, one of those, one of those skinny green trees that, that gets trimmed and, and looks all nice. And, and they had put netting around it, whoever lived there, put netting around the tree, I think to keep the birds from, from making nests in it. I'm not sure why. Little tiny squares in this netting. Um, and the, the tree was shaking a little bit. There was a bird in it um, who had somehow gotten down and under the netting and gotten caught in there. And I thought, okay, you know, I got all, you know, Francis of Assisi and I thought I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go help this little bird. And uh, try as I might, I could not get the bird to go back down to the bottom of the tree to get out. And so I'm, I'm getting more and more focused on the bird and I'm forgetting about the little dog, you know who's also very interested in the bird, but for other reasons. And, and somehow the dog got to the bird before I could stop him. And that was the end of the little bird. That's a really sad story. But it made me think of the Magi. Their best intentions, their best efforts, their their, their lofty ideals and goals, um, they could not stop a bad thing from happening. A lot of you know that in 2015 I bought a car, and uh, it's an electric car. And I, I, try not to, I try not to be too obnoxious about my car. But I really like it, and I think it's the right thing to do. I think that um, anything we can do to reduce the emission of carbon dioxide into the atmosphere is a good thing, right? So I kind of pat myself on the back about my car. Um, it, it looks sporty, which I like. It's peppy when I want it to be, um, but I don't have to buy gas very often. And then over Christmas break, I'm reading an article in Atlantic Magazine and I discover what the batteries in electric cars are made out of. And one of the things that goes into those batteries is cobalt. And a big chunk of the cobalt that's used in those batteries is mined in the Democratic Republic of Congo. 
my children. So now I, I find it really hard to pat myself on the back about this. Um, because it seems like I've also contributed to something that's horrible and unjust. And some of those kids die because we need batteries. So how do we live in the world without taking a knee once in a while and saying, no matter what I do, I can't make this come out right. Now, yes, I'm probably going to write a letter, <laughs> maybe a few more than one, um, to people who make batteries or use batteries in their products, cell phones, um, whatever, and say, let's make sure we get our cobalt without killing children. But the world can be a bad place a lot of the time. And sometimes there's just not anything we can do about it, except take a knee. Third thing, the wise men do not show up at Mary and Joseph's door empty-handed. And I'm a firm believer that none of us shows up anywhere empty-handed. They had gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and I'll, I'll wager that not many of us have those things to share, but we have things to share each one of us. We have things we bring to the manger. We have things we can use. We have voices. We have ideas. We have creativity. We have gifts of music and song. We have gifts of wisdom. And we have gifts of compassion. We bring all of these things. And if we deny that we have these gifts, then it is, it is a false humility. It is a humility that does not account for the fact that God endows each of our lives with things that God intends for us to use. And part of our humility, part of our taking a knee, is saying, yes, God, I have these gifts. What do you want me to do with them? They are not mine to exploit for my own ease and comfort. They are God's gifts being conveyed through me. So taking a knee means, in my mind, laying out these gifts and saying, here they are. How can they help? It is not bragging to use our gifts. It is not, um, it is not boastful or tooting our own horn to say, I can do this. The humility is in allowing God to have a say in that. Not in keeping them wrapped up and hidden somewhere. So taking a knee, in my mind, is not a literal thing. Although, the older I get, the more I think if somebody offered a knee, offered me a knee, I'd probably take it. Because mine are kind of wearing out. 
But taking a knee means letting God be God. Remembering who we are as God's children. Remembering the gifts with which God has endowed our lives and made the world a rich and beautiful place. And remembering that we don't have the crystal ball to know what's going to happen in the future, but we can, by golly, look at our world and say we can do better and do our best to make it so. To remember that God is at work in the world, that there are signs of that that we can follow and we can use our gifts. So yes, let's take a knee, metaphorically speaking, and be those who worship God and allow God's justice to prevail. Amen.